Welcome back everyone to another episode of Rabbit Hole Stories and today we had a very jam-packed one, mm. a lot of great uh, quotes, metaphors with Ivan from the Breeze team. Lovely guy, um, lives in Bulgaria mm-hmm. and uh, he gave us uh, his rabbit hole story and um, it's quite clear that listening to his rabbit hole story that his 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 um, avenue into the Bitcoin space came as a, a result of um, quite um, difficult circumstances in his life. Um, so that was that was an interesting thing to talk about. Um, but we went really sort of uh, uh, quite deep into Lightning because he works mm-hmm. for for Breeze, um, which is a lightning network uh, platform uh, that is um, non-custodial uh, we also spoke a lot about power projection uh, which is a quote mm-hmm. from uh, jason lowry uh, and what that means to, to ivan what else did we cover, uh, talk about joao was quite a jam-packed one we, we also had a very great um, part about sort of the, I'm calling them obligations in quotation marks for the audio listeners who are not watching, that we as Bitcoiners sometimes get so jam-packed into that fighting mode, you know, fight against the fight and stuff that we sometimes lose scope of what the actual power behind Bitcoin is. So there was a there was about a 20 minute, I would say, section there where we really went down that rabbit hole. And just generally speaking, yeah, the possibilities that we built on Bitcoin and uh, that Bitcoin is inevitable. It every All the roads lead down Mate, there. I was so bullish after that episode. Yeah, same. same. <laughs> it was a really cool one. And uh, we don't want to waste any uh, more time of you in this intro. Uh, we'll go down the rabbit hole now with Ivan. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to yet another episode. I can't even get my words out right And at the beginning of the episode. Welcome back to Rabbit Hole Stories, uh, where we've got the lovely Ivan with us today and our usual co-host, Joel. So thank you for joining us, Ivan. Welcome to the show. How are you today? Well, I'm very well. Excited to chat with you guys. Let's Mate, not as, not as excited as we are to chat to you. Um, so we're going to be yeah. we're probably going down. Uh, well, we're definitely going to be going down your rabbit hole. And I'm, I'm suspecting... Based on the the cap that you're wearing today, we might be talking a little bit about Breeze and the Lightning Network. So, um, Ivan, uh, again, once more, thank you for joining us on the show. Um, as we are Rabbit Hole Stories, could you please give us an introduction as to how you discovered Bitcoin, why it is you stayed, and what is it you're doing in the ecosystem of Bitcoin today? Uh, yeah, I would say that I went really deep in the Once Bitten podcast about the story because it's a long one. But just to give the cliff notes uh, here, that my story started in 2008 with the financial crisis. And because my mother was the main provider in our family, she got successful business, but the person next to her didn't actually work. And he said, uh, uh, just, I want things, I want things. And when she had to budget, he was irritated and that thing got escalated over years and years. And in 2013, um she said okay i've had enough i want a divorce and when he found out okay uh what income i'm going to have because i am not going to work anymore uh in his psychopathic mind he decided to kidnap and kill her and that was in 2014 and because of that i had to become the parents of my younger sister she is 11 years younger and in the span of the three years, uh, in 2013, I've heard about Bitcoin, but it was a passing thought at that time. And for the three years, I had to deal with the uh, fiat inheritance problems. And now that uh, with this emotional time, uh, how do I uh, get the assets that my mother accumulated over her career? And uh, not just me, but uh, my sister. And uh, I found out very quickly that even though my mother had a will, your will is not your will. It's what the state allows it to be. And because uh, it didn't comply with the laws, I was very frustrated uh, with this, that uh, you can't uh, leave your assets the way that you want because you worked for it, but somebody else that you have no idea why wrote a law that you can. Not only that, but is systemically exploitable from all the people that got around us because we were exposed 
and uh, took advantage of that situation and uh, even stole some other assets. The banks blocked us uh, to retrieve some of the things and the whole criminal case took seven years for even my father to be convicted. And in that uh, whole experience, uh, it was a very big pain, as you can imagine. But uh, when I found uh, out uh, in 2019, my soulmate bought one Ethereum and she was booging me for a year. Uh, let's uh, learn about this to make money. Let's learn about, see, I made money because uh, from 50 pounds, it became $4,000. And in December, 2021, I said, I've had enough. I'm going to prove that uh, this is wrong, that this is a scam, that this is absolutely uh, like nothing behind it. And when I went deep into it, uh, I found out, yes, I was absolutely true for everything crypto, but Bitcoin was different. And out of that thing, when I connected it to my personal story and uh, what I've personally experienced, and when I heard uh, the uh, Jason Lowry's thesis about how Bitcoin is pro, uh, power projection. And when I experienced the power projection in my life, I said, okay, I am uh, devoting my life uh, to progress this movement, to do whatever is necessary because I don't want other people to uh, experience this, but really to be protected. And I bet people around the world have much, much worse stories than mine. Uh, but uh, once uh, we adopt the Bitcoin standard, the power projection game is finally the humanity is on one side and it's not systemically exploitable inside of the, the system because it's decentralized and it's not systemically exploitable from anybody from the outside because of the proof of work. So I'll leave it here. Uh, lots of things said, but uh, that's kind of in a nutshell. And uh, yeah. Yeah. So first of all, thank you very much for sharing that story with us. And um, it's, it seems that your discovery of Bitcoin has come from a very traumatic experience um, in your life and, and, and something that has impacted not only yourself, but, but your family as a whole. And um, I'm guessing through listening to you that um, you've, you've been on a, a, not only a personal journey, but a journey of trying to understand what went wrong and how can you better protect yourself and your family moving forward uh, to prevent these sort of traumatic events happening again? Would that be right in making those assumptions, Ivan? Uh, absolutely. Uh, and it's not that I went into, as I said, I went into trying to disprove uh, all sorts of things that this is absolute uh, scam in all sorts of ways. But when I found out that this is the absolute nuclear power protection uh, for you from all sorts of ways. Uh, and I said, okay, this was the thing that was going to help me through that period. But not only that, but if I found out deeper in 2012, 2013, uh, maybe my mother was not going to be kidnapped and killed and all sorts of implications. And because uh, of the nature uh, how it is, we are always power projecting. And when uh, logic fails and trust fails, when we go into this brute force, uh, whether we kill each other, uh, whether we beat each other or whatever, uh, that's the ultimate decider at the end. Uh, mm -hmm. So in a sense, um, Bitcoin is the ultimate decider. Who is willing to put the mental effort into doing uh, that, but not only that, some people will get lucky. They don't understand it, but they will experience what it really means uh, to not be sensible, what it really means to protect your property, what right. it really means people, even if they attack you, uh, they can systemically exploit you because even in uh, the case, let's say, uh, so many use cases about giving the wheels because it was a pain point of mine, but let's say somebody gets sick and uh, they say you have nine months to live. You're going to liquidate absolutely everything, put it in Bitcoin. You know that it's going to be passed to whoever you want it to be exactly the way that you want it to be and not uh, whatever uh, somebody else decides or exploit you any other way. 
then uh, that's a use case. Or uh, let's say even uh, the case where somebody is really kidnapped and say, okay, give me your Bitcoin or I'm going to attack your children if you don't give it to me or whatever. You may actually choose to die in order to protect your kids and you get your Bitcoin with you in the grave because you know if you don't pass it along to your kids, they will be safe even from those uh, malicious actors. Like, all sorts of ways that I was personally thinking about. And mm. uh, it, it's, uh, again, this is just one way. And I, I know that this financial crisis that is coming in the fiat system, it's going to create so many use cases where people, uh, um, it will create such uh, repercussions for people that uh, struggle or as some particular use case or let's say in human trafficking or wherever it is where people will actually die. And that's why I say that the field system really kills, even if it doesn't go to actual nation state wars, but uh, between individuals. But if you're in Bitcoin, Bitcoin will actually really save lives especially from the whole humanitarian aspect mm -hmm. of it all. That's really something that drives me absolutely nuts because I remember when I came into Bitcoin, uh, WikiLeaks was sort of still the big thing back then, right? And I was always interested in WikiLeaks. Just um, I was in school. I was sort of knowing in which job direction I wanted to go. And when I then would hear these things coming out of the Bitcoin narratives or uh, counter narratives, sorry, that, you know, it's being used by criminals and like, oh, it's all silliness that like, uh, it doesn't give bank accounts to women in Iran, for example, or um, it can't be used cross-border-wise because, like, you know, every jurisdiction has other rules. That's really the thing where I think um, if we get the whole education behind this thing, right, um, this is like the 10xer in my book. I have to be honest, I'm a bit biased because I'm interested in these kind of topics. Um, but whenever I see also now at Bitcoin Miami, we talk about, you know, price charts and all of these things. And sometimes I'm a bit, it's all relative because at the end of the day, I want that people who are fleeing um, tyrannies or like super repressive countries, that they can take that stuff and go. One of our future guests, he actually told in a different podcast, they had to buy a car, ship it to England from Africa just to keep their wealth couple of years ago like 10 20 years ago imagine that like you have to physically ship something and hope that it doesn't break just to have a shot in um the future and i think if you look at bitcoin this way and, and still don't get it either something's wrong with you or it's like you said ivan um, you're heavily profiting off the fiat system yeah and i would say even uh, me i was ignoring signals from the bitcoin bull market for intensively because you're trying to put it in a framework that you think you know, uh, but this is uh, comparing horses to cars, comparing electricity to candles. Like it's a completely different thing. And if you ha uh, come with your uh, biases about what it is and you hear uh, bits and pieces here and there, that even somebody that thinks that they know it's uh, like... Uh, uh, whatever, if you say is digital gold. Yeah, like maybe, but not really. <laughs> like these are just small bits and pieces to attract, atten to attract attention, mm -hmm. but the conversation is much, much deeper. And unless you mm -hmm. compare it to, I would say, uh, at least 10 or 11 verticals, uh, so you can have uh, 10 or 11 uh, metaphors and comparison methods to it. Then you can start uh, grasping this whole new system because there's nothing before it. Because right. I never thought about uh, what is actually money. But even mm -hmm. if you think what is money and you explain all those properties, even that I would say is not enough to explain Bitcoin because of this part projection game or the mm -hmm. technology aspect of it. Like so many things are in in this. Uh, so yeah, yeah, like uh, unless you invested like thousands of hours to really grasp it in all sorts of ways, you know nothing. <laughs> so this yeah. this is this is part of the reason yeah. why we called the the uh, podcast Rabbit Hole Stories because you know, the longer you spend in Bitcoin, the more you start to realize that the rabbit hole is 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 endless. And the more you dig, the more you discover, the more you understand. 
and the more you think, oh, and re- you have to rethink everything over again in a way. So it's, you're constantly reevaluating your narrative. And what Bitcoin does, it, I think we're, what we're all trying to do as Bitcoiners, and correct me if you think I'm wrong here, guys, but I think that we're, we're trying to learn a new concept. We're trying to find the language to explain this new concept. And things like digital gold come up because that's the kind of thing that people try to sort of um, tie it against the current language we have, but it doesn't quite fit. So, you know, we're, we're trying to find, uh, we're trying to evolve into the space. And um, yeah, that's all I really had to say. Um, what do you think, Ivan? Uh, I would say all those are uh, important because you can't in the same com- uh, conversation say, okay, Bitcoin is electricity and cryptography and money and power projection and this and that and like all those, <laughs> like you have to explain them individually. And uh, unless you um, talk to the particular group that understands one vertical, I would say this is the door or the window to get them in because Mm. they understand that vertical in the fiat system. And now you can start comparing it. Oh, uh, you're sending money overseas. Oh, how long does it take? Oh, what are the fees? Uh, Like all sorts of things. And now you can say, oh, compare it to this. And they may open the window to start talking about all those other stuffs. Uh, So yeah, all all of those things, uh, it's, uh, it's very important, the educational aspect, because it's a completely different mind shift uh, because it's like uh, right now we are in Europe and we use uh, centimeters, kilometers, uh, like meters. If we go in the U.S., like uh, we have to completely shift into inches, like, uh, mm-hmm. I don't know how to deal with that, but uh, in order to really understand it and to be native to you, uh, it's a completely mind shift. It's not, oh, I have to, uh, this inch, I have to uh, remeasure it into centimeters every single time. That's not efficient in that uh, network there. Yeah, and then you get to the UK, Ivan, and we take centimeters and meters for distances, but we take miles per hour for uh, how fast you're going. So we, we're even we're more fucked. <laughs> yeah, we mix everything up here, <laughs> and we drive and we yeah. drive on the left hand side of the road as well. Uh, that as well, yeah, obviously. Look up for yeah. the wrong side and get killed by a car. Um, but I think you you also mentioned one particular point that. Uh, to me, I think we often lose scope of these things with Bitcoin because we're always in defense mode. We always have to fight against, you know, mining fat or currency fat or whatever it is. Uh, Bitcoin not being scalable. We'll get to that in a second. Um, and we kind of lose sight of things that if everyone starts contributing to the space in whatever ability they can, like I, for example, can tell stories and I can break things down very easily. Other people can code, right? Others are um, um, electricians and can fix ASICs, whatever. The more we do this and the more we bring these perspective in, the more it actually shows the power of Bitcoin. And it, it was intended to be a peer-to-peer electronic um, payment system, but it sort of turned out to be almost like a second internet. And I'm not meaning this on like an application layer, but really it can be everything you want it to be. And no one's telling you how you should do it. There are a few people who want to influence you, but, you know, fuck them, put them aside and fight your own path. And I think that's one of the, the beauties you see with Bitcoin. And you see it on all fronts. Like, just look at the BTC Miami event. You get candidates running for um, office in America. You can think about this, what you want from totally different sides of the spectrum. And they both unite and think like Bitcoin is a way to find a solution. And I think that's the beauty of it all. Uh, yeah, because uh, why the rabbit hole has no bottom? First of all, because money touches everything. Uh, like absolutely everything in the human aspect, money touches it. If it's not enough for the human aspect, uh, power <laughs> is life. So those two things, if you figure out all the aspects of power and all the aspects of money, like good luck. <laughs> That's why you have to narrow your focus on what you have uh what are you passionate about what are your particular skills at so that's your entry into bitcoin and 
it will touch absolutely everybody because money touches absolutely everything. Uh, you may not have the pressure to adopt it now or to learn about it now or whatever your circumstances may be. Mm -hmm. But the time is coming. Like absolutely nobody will escape the uh, Bitcoin rabbit hole. Like it's sucking everybody out of necessity. If uh, not out of proactive uh, action. And uh, it, it will absolutely happen. And uh, yeah, like I'm so glad uh, that so many people that were stolen from the most. And now you see uh, how really nature and life works. Uh, so many things. Uh, I always consider myself uh, like uh, not an average person or even dumb person. But uh, when you open this door and start researching, you really uh, feel humbled and realize I knew nothing. <laughs> Absolutely yes, nothing. Yes, right. And, yeah. uh, I think everyone yeah. has that moment. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, and and it's very hard for somebody to uh, be forced into admitting it because mm -hmm. they feel attacked. Mm -hmm. uh, but uh, that's why it's kind of proactive or out of necessity. You can't uh, force for uh, orange pills somebody. I mean, I've done it so many times, but uh, mm -hmm. it's not effective. Uh, uh, I would say. That's a, a, a very uh, weak uh, link for that person to sell out uh, because something uh, shakes their uh, like uh, belief about uh, mm -hmm. Bitcoin, what I force tell them. Mm -hmm. uh, and in the first chance that they have, they leave. Uh, and yes. that proves what they believe. And mm -hmm. at some point, they'll come back out of necessity because they had a crisis. Or they com <laughs> can compare it to a crisis, uh, like in my case, because mm -hmm. I wasn't force built and I was uh, actively avoiding it, like for a year. Uh, and uh, when I went into it, uh, I can compare it again to my personal crisis and find out, okay, this is a solution to that. So that's why it's so important. And everybody will be, will be orange built out of that. Even in Canada, when they block their account, right now people have Bitcoin, not understanding why, but only from the knowledge that when everything failed then, Bitcoin was working. And they have that just in case, because they, again, compare it to uh, a crisis that they kind of experienced. Yeah, with, without sounding like too spiritual or something like this, I always tell people if they, you know, you get to that moment with your friends where you see they want to understand it, but they're being held back because of beliefs, mm. bad experiences, like you say. Mm. And I always tell them, like, listen, I'll leave you with one thought. To me, Bitcoin is hope, because hope unites so many things. Um, and, you know, if you look at the human species, right, we're on a planet spinning in space around another huge fireball spinning in, in whatever. Um, and we have these problems if we like align with a certain way of living or if we um, agree on that this person can now do whatever they want. Um, and I always tell them, like, to me, Bitcoin is hope because it, it really turns everything relative and it shows you hey, you've got so much more to learn or you've got so much more catching up to do. Um, and once you really took that humbling pill, um, I think that's where also the whole community behind it can start to grow. But obviously, it, it's super hard. If if people come in with these negative associations or whatever, um, and we kind of force it down their throats, um, we're not really better than the, the system we're attacking, right? Um, and I think that's sometimes a thought yeah. we especially in the podcast want to leave behind. Mm. To uh, you know, sometimes also take the chill pill because <laughs> we all uh, took our time to get Bitcoin, right? right. Yeah, right. like it, it's just when you feel enlightened and it hits you extremely intensely, mm -hmm. uh, and uh, it, you can't, I would say, uh, settle down in those moments. Like you have to get it out of your system. To and uh, yeah, that's the whole thing that for the first time you saw what's actually behind everything and you want other people to see, but uh, they don't see that. They connect to you all like this is a cult. 
or the, uh, he's crazy or mm. like whatever it is mm. uh, or he's arrogant or like uh, all sorts of things because they are trying to explain your behavior or what you think through their personal view and unless they see the thing that we see uh, we can't talk uh, directly like uh, you just have to be there to be the window for them to ask them question to provocative question and not to actually give any sorts of answers unless they start asking questions uh, i would mm -hmm. say that's the best thing and i'm pro obviously i can guide them through questions and i like to provoke through questions uh because i really love when they tell me oh a problem and i say okay how does your problem work what mm -hmm. do you face and then i say do you know uh, another way do, do you uh, and i tell them uh for example oh do you think that uh when you die uh you can leave uh the stuff in your back account the way that you want how do you think that works and unless <laughs> unless uh, they start opening uh, that Pandora box uh, in their particular country, they have no idea or they say, oh, I'm going to leave it to my kids. And you find out uh, maybe you can't <laughs> in some countries or, or I want to leave it to whoever. Like, no, you absolutely can't. And so uh, when I ask, uh, do you know that there is a way that actually you can leave it exactly the way that you want? And I just leave it there. Right. <laughs> and uh, uh, I would say that's uh, more effective. But unfortunately, uh, people are not proactive about learning because in the fiat learning, we are so beaten down. Uh, and so through 11 years of horrible experiences in school or whatever it is, in university even more, uh, most people think that they don't like learning. Uh, but no, actually, they were, uh, uh, that was beaten out of them <laughs> because uh, when we are kids, try to force a kid to be still and like, that's a very hard job. Like right. they want to explore, they want to learn, they want to break stuff and see what works. Like that's the nature's way of learning. And when you are like in 11 years asking for permission to go to the toilet or whatever it is, mm -hmm. and that's beaten out, uh, beaten into you. And you like, when you get out of school, okay, now you, we have obedient meat machines and yeah. how are we going to use that? And that's why 1% or 2% are actually entrepreneurs and uh, want to get out of that and want to solve things. Uh, yeah, I, 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 that rings true for me. That the, the the whole society, uh, which essentially stifles the human, uh, the the natural human curiosity that we have, and obviously we we get educated a, a particular narrative in our in our educational systems um, that um, not only uh, force us to learn um, narratives that are written by. The government but obviously it discourages us from free thinking um as well and essentially what i've got from what you were just talking about ivan now is essentially that necessity is 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 the mother of adoption and and when 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 we're faced with um that necessity people will have no no choice other than to fall down that bitcoin rabbit hole yeah yeah. Yeah, and if you, if you think about the whole situation we're also in now, with you know we we have these talks about CBDCs and all of these things, mm. and what I kind of miss is just what Ian mentioned. If it becomes a necessity, or if you get pressurized into doing something, it's amazing what, what kind of ideas the human race can come up in just a couple of seconds, or literally in a couple of weeks. Let's take a bit the bigger picture there, um, and fight back and. With Bitcoin, we literally have so many options these days. It's not just a clunky, slow, in quotation marks for the audio listeners, um, uh, crypto thing that works somehow in the internet, because that's how it's being described in the media. No, it literally is a thing where I can communicate on it. I can send value. I can um, use it to store the, the, the future of my family or... I can just use it to pay a friend down the street because we shared a cap. Whatever it is, it is adaptable 
And I think the more pressure people just put on Bitcoin, just the, the really the better it becomes. And it's almost like a diamond. The more pressure you put in, the the more beautiful the outcome is, right? Uh, yeah. And uh, everybody that attacks it, I would say uh, all the food um, that uh, is going out there, I don't engage uh, in that food. Mm. But I definitely... Uh, read here and there uh, about the FUD because actually that motivates me immensely uh, not to engage and fight them back because I know that they will lose. Like, I don't have to. Mm -hmm. But I engage in the proactiveness of, okay, what are we building today? What are we doing now? Like, uh, motivates me extremely uh, because if we don't build it, uh, and we stagnate in any uh, shape or form, uh, we die faster. Uh, and I'm talking as a human individual or uh, anything in nature again. Uh, if we uh, don't grow, we die. And the, just uh, last week, now two weeks ago, when uh, the high fee started, uh, the whole ecosystem, we were talking internally that Everybody in Bitcoin that is a developer probably works on the uh, the fees right now to mm -hmm. adapt mm -hmm. in this environment. And maybe a, an attack, maybe just out of, uh, out of stupidity, which is, it doesn't matter. It's still an attack on the whole system. And the whole system, again, adapts, absorbs all that uh, energy that was invested in it and it's going to come out uh, stronger and absorb it. It's uh, absolutely uh, beautiful because uh, uh, so many people are in it. Uh, now this is the biggest human plus computer network, uh, mm -hmm. but it's not slowing down and it's not shrinking. <laughs> so uh, until, <laughs> uh, until everybody is on it and until everybody that bet on the slower horse actually finds out, oh, this guy that was crazy uh, next year when we go over 100,000 or whatever the number it is, uh, uh, he got lucky and uh, whatever it will hit them in their personal fiat uh, story, like, oh, I lost my job, so what do I do? Why is uh, even not about money? Why are you so happy uh, and all the world is crashing down uh, currently uh, all around us? So, uh, yeah, like yeah. they will, uh, absolutely everybody will ask. I just hope that I'm enough of a guidance for everybody that uh, asks me uh, because people uh, out there will exploit even this. People that don't know, just like FTX, they will exploit. Mm -hmm. Oh, you want to buy Bitcoin? No, uh, I'm going to exploit you thinking that you have Bitcoin and actually I'm going to just take your resources. Yeah. Or uh, you want to uh, do whatever. Like uh, we have to be that light guiding the people that actually want to learn. And um, yeah, I 100% agree with you. And um what I want to do before we get into the breeze and what you do there, I heard you uh, mention a couple of times at the beginning of, of um, our conversation was the, the term power projection. And uh, I think it was a Jason Lowry um, statement, right? Um, yeah. And, and it seemed to have um, made a difference in your life. It seems to have had an impact. Uh, do you want to explain a bit more about that? And then we can talk about breeze. Yep. Uh, his thesis is based on the uh, strategical implications about uh, security. And he really views, uh, he had, I, I don't know if it's his view or like uh, he adopted uh, lots of things, but definitely everything in nature is trying to fight entropy. Or in order, uh, another way how he uh, says it is, uh, we're doing power protection game in order to protect the resources that we have. And I am not talking about money or real estate or whatever. We are talking about from the uh, when we were all soup, uh, sales. Mm -hmm. 
-hmm. Every single cell is trying to fight for the resources that uh, it has against every other cell that's trying to take it away from uh, that particular cell. And that is what he calls warfare, uh, you know, because it's attacking each other and defending each other. But that's happening whether we call it warfare or power projection or whatever the terminology people are less sensitive about, but it's happening whether you like it or not. And uh, for the first time, uh, it's uh, really simple that uh, for all that attacking and defending, it's two things are important. The benefit, there is a benefit of attacking something. Uh, and that's the, let's say, profits of resources or whatever. But there is also a cost to attacking something. And for the first time ever in the computer science, uh, we found out a way that uh, our bits of data in cyberspace are uh, going to increase the value of attacking us. So the cost of attacking us gets increasingly higher and higher and higher because it's electrical um, electrical joules, like uh, electrical energy. And you can't have Bitcoin unless you invest electrical energy in it or uh, you buy it, which means that you invested, again, um, uh, jowls, whether moving things, you worked. So again, mm -hmm. it's this energy trying to work to get money as minimum of exchange so you can get this other electrical energy called Bitcoin. And first of all, we are increasing that cost for attacking us. But not only that, through my experience, if you're uh, uh, doing the best practices and doing no KYC and all sorts of things, even the uh, benefit of attacking you is unknown. So mm -hmm. if you know that somebody attack, uh, that you want to attack has 10 Bitcoin and you figure out if I attack him and I invest five Bitcoin, now the calculation is easy, then it's worth it to do so. But if the attack becomes this year is five Bitcoin, next year is uh, six Bitcoin. And not, it's not going to be more in Bitcoin, but it's going to be more in energy. Mm. Yeah, it's going to require more energy every single year to the rest of our lives. But not only that, but you have no idea how much is the benefit if you even succeed. So <laughs> why the hell would you attack somebody that, uh, uh, for example, Go to a venture capitalist and tell them, oh, it's going to cost you every single year more and <laughs> you have no idea how much will be the benefit. Good luck with that pitch. So that is what Bitcoin is uh, giving us to every single human being that if you preserve your property in Bitcoin, the states, the lawyers, the uh, malicious actors in nature, like everybody, well, it will be increasingly harder and harder and harder to attack you. But not only that, but they have no idea if it's worth it to attack you in the first place. So they might actually start thinking, why should I attack somebody and not actually provide value without the uh, warfare that I have to engage in and actually provide value and people voluntarily give me money. Because in the other uh, warfare, I might actually die. <laughs> because if I attack somebody that I uh, shouldn't have, they will respond back in the same manner. Uh, so it will go over time. But when I heard, uh, heard this, and because uh, again, uh, through my personal story, that is, was the thing that hit me extremely hard. And usually I don't uh, tell people what to do in their life. But when I heard that, I orange peeled everybody in my family. Like uh, uh, my 74-year-old grandma has Bitcoin. Like uh, I, when I heard that, I, I don't care. I will do whatever is necessary for the people that I really care about, even if they don't understand it, uh, to have at least some, because that is what Bitcoin gives to absolutely every single one of us.
bullish so bullish like that that just made me like yes um it's it's, it's almost like it's an impenetrable force field and it's, it's only going to get stronger and more impenetrable over time um which will basically be too risky and too costly for anyone trying to attack that um where it becomes an untouchable system which is which is yeah which is brilliant two points there if you actually look at the world state how it is and you really look at it from the, the nation state perspective Yes, we do have, um, you know, currencies like the dollar, which is the world reserve currency, and everyone is sort of aligning themselves about these things. But if you actually look where nation states have started wars, and this is a slight hint towards the American, because they're very good at starting their wars, but never finishing them or winning them, it always involved energy and natural resources. Back in the days, you know, even stuff like drugs, if you think about it, if you go to the whole Afghanistan thing, um, petrol, you're thinking about oil, you're thinking about commodities like silver, gold, and all of these things where the Americans were very precise in attacking countries who were reachful for of these things. Um, it really is about energy all the time. If you just look at, at it from that perspective, there will be other metaphors probably who will agree on that point as well. And it's just silly to me if I then sometimes read in the mainstream media that it's using too much energy. Because at the end of the day, if you think about something using too much for anything, nothing operates in that framework. We can use too much sun for the think about it, because like other places on earth don't have that much sun or too much sun or not um, enough daylight, whatever it is. Um, and the moment you get out of that scoping, I think that's where you really go, oh, so that's what maybe book number one or book number two that I was given back then meant. Um, and I think this is where really Bitcoin's true hidden power is and potentially why it's taking a bit longer than maybe other stuff that happened faster. Um, and I'm talking about like other cryptocurrencies who have these huge dump and pump phases who obviously get pushed a bit with marketing as well. Um, but that's a good thing. It's slowness is really built into everything. Um, and we have ways of speeding it up, don't we, Ivan? Especially if you yeah. want to send payments around the whole. Oh, world. nice segue, Joel. Let's do it. <laughs> yeah, that was good. <laughs> uh, yeah, like uh, it's. Uh, I don't know who invented this uh, narrative about using too much energy, but <laughs> yeah. that's the most ridiculous one. Like, uh, mm. and it's like saying, uh, let's say, uh, fifty years back for today, like. The airplane is uh, using too much energy. Like, yeah. Yeah. like, uh, okay. Well, now I bet the airplanes use less energy than 50 years back. But that was the point. The airplane needed that energy in order to fly. Yeah. <laughs> like, if you put less energy into it, then it's like uh, whatever. Uh, and uh, <laughs> absolutely everything. Uh, people will. Uh, search for the thing that's most optimized for that uh, uh, use case. Like, uh, it would be extremely stupid if I put my washing machine to work 24-7. <laughs> but it mm -hmm. will be extremely efficient if I use it when I put the dirty clothes in it and I stop <laughs> it when it stops. Like, yeah. that's yeah. using energy. And if we use too much energy in the washing machine, like that's okay. If we are wasting energy, uh, that means that that's not good. I completely agree with that. But that's the whole thing that Bitcoin is using that wasted energy. And it's not that Bitcoin uses uh, a lot of energy, but all the rest of the stuff that uh, we are electrifying are using one third of the energy produced. So we are wasting so incredibly more energy than Bitcoin uses that it's ridiculous. If we can have a way to capture all the energy that we're losing, like the, uh, the terahashes will be uh, maybe a million uh, more than yeah. now, but uh, oh, it's using too much energy. Uh, uh, when I... Uh, also respond back to those people. Okay, so let's say your brain uses too much energy. Let's remove half of it uh, mm -hmm. because it's too, using too much energy compared to the rest of your body. No, yeah. 
that energy is used for specific pers- uh, for specific thing. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. Or just from a health perspective, if you think uh, that one week you walked fifty thousand steps too much, and then the next week you're not going to walk at all because walking internally uses energy as well, right? Uh, different forms of energy: kinetic energy, energy within the body to actually get up and and go if you sort of got this turn on turn off mode at the end of the day your body will decrease in health because there's no consistency in it right i think everyone can agree with all of the the fucking medicine change every two seconds it feels like that if you actually get up you move and your body does what it's supposed to do that is good so just to look at even if it's bitcoin but also other energy things you know you could go down the whole energy rabbit hole that this is like something that should be yeah. good and we should just turn the stuff on and off. Yeah. That is ridiculous. And this you is actually to, get... to think, uh, you provoked yeah, me to ahead. think of an example uh, that do you know that when Michael Phelps was uh, professionally still competing and training, that mm-hmm. he mm-hmm. Uh, consumed 12,000 um, 12, uh, calories. Uh, calories a day. Like this wow. is, I think, six. <laughs> or seven times more mm-hmm. than uh, what the body needs. No, he needs that because he was in the water and the energy efficiency is completely different than mm-hmm. just walking or sitting on the couch, clicking the remote. <laughs> like yeah. So uh, that's exactly the same thing to tell to Michael Phelps, oh no, eat six times less mm-hmm. because uh, you're using too much energy. No, that energy was used in order to win the 22 medal goals that uh, he has. Like, again. Yeah, it it is incredible. And it's also, um, to bring it back to the lightning, to talk about that stuff as well. um, You know, the biggest criticism in the crypto world we face is, you know, our 10 minutes um, block confirmation and all of these things. Um, it's just never going to get to that mass adoption. And then if you look at Lightning, you sort of go like, well, hang on a minute. I can actually do, um, I don't know what the official number is, Ivan, like X times faster than the, the fastest credit card um, issuers. And it's it's basically for free at the minute with, with the current prices and things. Um, okay, maybe not at the minute with like the whole fees, but still, still cheap compared to what we usually pay for stuff. And it settles instantly. Um, how can you look at this again and sort of think, oh no, you know, Bitcoin is not made for the masses or like it will never take off that I can pay my coffee with it. Are these kind of the things you guys at Breeze also think about or how do you guys go about bringing lightning to the people? Uh, I would say uh, Breeze, when it was founded by um, uh, the founders, they uh, read the white paper of the Lightning Network and saw, okay, this is the thing that would um, transform Bitcoin from a store of value to become this medium of exchange. And uh, in order to become actually that, uh, it was ne- needed the right framework. And the way that they very smartly realized that the Lightning Network is this type of complex system like the internet. And the internet itself, uh, right now, it's pretty easy to us. We have an internet service provider that we pay a fee. He takes care of the routing, the routers, the cables, like all sorts of things that I Mm -hmm. have no idea what's behind. I just pay some small fee. And on my personal uh, computer device or mobile device, whatever it is, I have a browser to access all that uh, thing that's behind the scenes. So we can have a podcast. I can browse the internet, all sorts of things. Mm -hmm. And that's how they envisioned Lightning. This is this uh, complex system that people will need Lightning service providers and uh, also, the Lightning will need uh, the browsers, so the interfaces uh, for, let's say, you have one app, but it needs to be connected to this Lightning service provider so you can exchange the Bitcoin that uh, you want to facilitate through your application, through your website, or whatever the use case is. So f- from that uh, framework, 
they realized, okay, so we need to actually build this because uh, mm. it's still a complex system. And five years ago, nothing was built. And Breeze were the first uh, people that brought the uh, Lightning nodes to the mobile devices. So when you download Breeze, you don't have a custodial solutions like Wallet of Satoshi or anything else, but you're operating a full node on your mobile device, but you don't have to manage liquidity. You don't have to open channels. You don't have to rebalance channels. All the sorts of things that happen behind the scenes are taken care by the Breeze Lightning service provider. And you just say, click redeem funds or send funds. And it's just like the internet. I open my browser in the Breeze and there we have uh, internally, we built three interfaces. One of them is uh, the wallet and uh, you can send and receive funds, whatever. The second one was uh, a point of sale uh, interface where you can upload the menus of, uh, if you're a merchant, every single thing, you can tie it to the local currency or whatever and stream sats. Uh, and let's say somebody says I had one beer, uh, a steak, and let's say a dessert, whatever, click that. Everything is managed in the uh, interface uh, of the application and click create secure codes. And again, through behind the scenes, opening channels, liquidity, all sorts of things is happening and you just receive money. And the third one is the podcasting uh, player. Mm -hmm. In the application itself, you can play uh, even uh, your podcast. And uh, if I decide to stream your sats, I click boost, send you 50, 100, 1,000, whatever Satoshis, or I click every single minute I want to send two Satoshis or 10 Satoshis or whatever. And the system takes care of the rest. And those are just three uh, interfaces. And Breeze right now is doing the SDK how we can leverage every single developer out there that has no idea about the complexity of Lightning and they just plug in the SDK and let's say uh, you build uh, uh, one game, uh, let's say a Sudoku game. Mm. And uh, every time that you uh, do a Sudoku uh, properly, you give, uh, let's say, five Satoshis to the person that did it. And uh, you have no idea how to set all that thing up, but you can create the game itself, connect the SDK, and now you have a fully operational global monetary network connected to your application. Not only that, that you don't have to uh, think about the Lightning itself, but uh, you don't pay 30% to Google, you don't pay 30% to mm -hmm. Apple for transacting. Not only that, but the people that use your game right now can interact without leaving the app. So I can send you Satoshis from me to you in the app itself. Uh, and not only that, uh, but I can send, let's say from my game, uh, if you open it up with other uh, things, let's say like Noster. Uh, right now I can have one client in Noster, uh, send Satoshis through every single jurisdiction, send it, uh, from Twitter to, let's say, to Instagram in the Noster protocol. Uh, I'm using quotation marks for the audio listeners because there's no Twitter and there's no Instagram, but a client like Twitter to go to a, a client to uh, like uh, Instagram. And if now the markets are open for the first time ever globally on a single yep. monetary protocol that everybody agrees with and uh, nobody can systemically exploit you. Nobody can take away uh, the Satoshis that uh, you have unless you are the one that did not protect them. So I'm so, so excited and a lot of stuff are coming out that uh, all the people that think that new Bitcoin and try to attack it, or, uh, attack it by, oh, it's low. No, you are just the lazy one that yep. uh, didn't invest the time to really understand what's happening beneath the surface and try to compete with Bitcoin. Uh, it, it's just like, uh, I don't know when exactly it happened, when silver tried to compete with gold. 
Like over time, when you compare them side by side with enough time, the clear winner will be revealed. Uh, just because the momentary, let's say in these three months, six months, 12 months, uh, when people were building, uh, people took a shortcut to exploit the people that are lazy. I love how the people that think that they understood Bitcoin and, oh, I'm going to convince and make it better. They attract the most dumb people. And unfortunately, the, the dumb people pay the price uh, in that scenario. But uh, yeah, everything will be revealed with enough time. <laughs> And, you know, two things on the lightning side, like the one argument I always hear is like, oh, you know, it's it's a centralized, it's more centralized than if I do like on chain and all of these things. And you just gave the perfect example. Yes, if you want to use, uh, if, if you like don't want to rebalance, open and close up your own channels and all of these things, you can use a lightning service provider that is non-custodial like you guys. If yep. you want to fully run your node, if you if you're having fun with these things and you want to um, use a part of your Bitcoin you may be saving, you throw that in your channels, maybe you run a routing node, maybe you run a public node, you run private nodes, whatever it is. You have these options, right? And to look at this and sort of then generalize like everything in Lightning is centralized, that's what really bugs me. And the second thing is always, um, if you hear like, oh, Lightning is still small compared to like how many Bitcoins are out there. And I kind of go, well, but like, let's look how like Lightning is being used. I would argue most of the Lightning transactions are indeed micropayments. Um, and like, do I need to have this liquidity always to do these payments? No, maybe I want to pay someone, I open a channel, I close a channel. Maybe I have one open all the time that people can use it, whatever it is. But it, it really is that, um, that relationship of, I go in there, I do my stuff and I get out there. And if I then want to continue to use it, I'll anyway leave it in my Lightning wallet or leave it on my node. And if not, you know, I can go back to Bitcoin, I can exchange it again, I can open up a channel and all it takes is literally the transaction in and out um, of, of, of the on-chain. And to look at this and then I kind of go like, and you then think that because it's like five and a half or 6,000 or just 5,000 Bitcoin, that that is small? That's a pretty arrogant stand in my book to take. And it's the same thing as saying, oh, you know, um, we don't invest in Bitcoin or we don't use Bitcoin because um, it uses too much energy or um, it's being used by criminals. To me, that's sort of the same mindset there. Um, but, you know, we'll, we'll give it time. And uh, as you said, the guys who are courageous enough and who are curious enough to get in there early, um, they'll probably get a huge advantage out of this because you just get to see these amazing things being built. Uh, one thing about the, uh, how much uh, Bitcoin is going to flow into the Lightning Network, uh, because uh, Breezy is completely open sourced. And even if you use our SDK, you we did it in such a way that we are not going to vendor lock to Breeze. Uh, if you want to use a different Lightning service provider, you can be. Uh, that's, uh, you can use another Lightning service provider. Or if you want to be your own Lightning service provider, again, you can be. Like uh, all those optionalities are open because there's an incentive on the Lightning network that you can have an actual yield. The only thing that the uh, cryptos had on us, uh, like where is the yield and doing inflation in their talking and think that that's the yield, like that's moronic. Uh, that's the fiat system, uh, but just on a local small scale and let's see how much snake oil we can sell to the people that don't know. But in the Lightning Network itself, it's the in order to send sats, uh, let's say from me to you, and let's say I go through another node, people that, uh, those Satoshis that travel through those nodes uh, get a very, very small cut. And uh, uh, that's the incentive for the Lightning service providers to uh, do that because those small, small fees are their actual yield. That's not inflation. And not only that, but let's say that uh, you're not even a developer. I uh, gave the use case for the SDK, but you're not even a developer, but you're an investor and you don't know what to do with, let's say you bought uh, a thousand coins uh, and you say, oh, I'm in cold storage, but they are not generating yields. What are you going to do? 
So now you have an actual incentive. Okay, I'm going to put aside, let's say 20, 30, 50% of my Bitcoin to the Lightning Network. I'm going to connect to a Lightning service provider. They're going to manage all that thing. I do absolutely nothing other than setting up my own node. And uh, uh, that's it. Uh, and the Lightning service provider takes care of everything. And you're providing a, a jump to the uh, Lightning network with 500 coins. Let's say you are going to put 50% of the thousand. Uh, 500 coins are introduced. And on those 500 coins, uh, the Lightning service provider and the investor will split the fees. So there's an incentive not only for developers to integrate Lightning, but also for the big money to come into Lightning. But they were not coming into Lightning because that was not available yet. Uh, and good luck when that thing goes uh, viral. I mean, the, 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 the whole uh, construction of the Lightning Network and how it operates um, is, is still something I'm... I'm, I'm grappling with understanding but you've really helped me kind of um see the landscape better um for, for your explanation and quite a lot of what you said about how um the the evolution of of the lightning network and and how it's growing comes back to the whole power projection thing it's like the, the strongest gene will win right and 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 the people will choose the the option that is the right option over time and I think this is where you come in, Ivan, in, in that space and, and doing the valuable work that you are doing in, in Lightning Network and with Breeze. So, um, yeah, that, for me as an old old man sat here in, in my 40s, uh, trying to under, <laughs> understand the nuances of the Lightning Network is, is, is difficult. So we need more people like you in the space. So um, before we wrap up uh, this episode today, um, is there anything that we haven't, spoke about that you was hoping to um and not only that where can people find you uh i am everywhere in every social media because i'm kind of the uh one of the two people from the team that's uh, more public uh the visible faces the actual soldiers are the developers and uh they were quite busy the last two weeks adapting into this high fee environment and uh, yeah. even on our side, uh, it forced us, uh, again, through this attack to evolve, to adapt. Uh, because if you don't adapt, then you just comply and okay, then I die. Uh, mm -hmm. Like, uh, no, uh, it's an adaptable system. We are adjusting uh, some of the things internally. Uh, it puts stress on us, but out of this, we know that even Breeze and the whole ecosystem is going to get stronger. Uh, and those attacks, I would say, are uh, also very necessary because if you're not attacked, then you become docile and compliant. And just like the mm -hmm. fiat educational system, what we mentioned, you're going to ask permission to go to the toilet. Right. Uh, that's not the thing that we want. We want permissionlessness. Uh, permissionlessness. Uh, and uh, you should have your it should be a God-given right to spend the energy that you invested producing stuff in a form of money or anything else to be spent exactly the way that you want without uh, anybody intervening. Like, what should be your will? Whether I should buy something to uh, for a party, whether I should buy whatever I want. I invested my energy into it and... Uh, that's my God-given right. And uh, yeah, going back to the original question, everybody in the, uh, could reach me out in uh, Twitter, LinkedIn, Noster. Uh, I'm most known as Naku2000, N-A-C-K-O-O-2000. Uh, so yeah, reach out everywhere, Orange Peel Up, Noster, LinkedIn, Facebook, wherever. Uh, if you're a Bitcoiner, you're an orange brother or a sister, and you're always welcome. Are you going to be at any of the conferences in Europe? or? Uh, currently, I don't have plans for the, let's say, next three months uh, or so. But uh, our team, 
uh, is going to part of our team is going to the Prague uh, Bitcoin oh, conference nice. that's happening next month. Uh, they are going to also showcase uh, the SDK. So uh, nice. yeah, like I'm very excited about that because uh, you're a developer and you got uh, wall blocked or spam blocked or wall gather and block blocked all sorts of ways in this ecosystem uh, for your application. And now we're going to say, okay, you have no uh, borders, no KYC, no AML, uh, no knowledge gap, no nothing, just relaunch the app that didn't work, plug in the SDK and you have a global monetary network with every single Bitcoiner that can send you fractions of a penny to your ecosystem without any permission and see what happens. That's the perfect yeah, ending yeah. to this episode. That's amazing. <laughs> like <laughs> They turned lightning into a breeze. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, that's the whole point. Nice. Ivan, it was um, great having you on and um, you're more than welcome back in the future um when the sdk and stuff is out because i yeah. guess there will be an exciting update i'll link all of your social handles and stuff in the show notes um and yeah already looking forward to hopefully also meeting in person at one of the events in the yeah, future for sure. uh gladly like anybody even now uh, the sdk because we are open sourced uh if you like the sdk use it but we are still uh, yeah building on it to be the maximum uh, reliability Nice. Brilliant. Yeah. Ivan, thank you for um, letting us explore your Bitcoin rabbit hole. And it's been fascinating. And I'll see you again soon. Sure thing. Thanks for having me. Ciao, ciao. Bye.